The Network Live. News, insights, and stories right here on KNEL 95.3 FM and KNELradio.com every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Don't miss this opportunity to hear world news, insights, and stories from guests around the world. The Network Live is your pathway to connecting people and ministries. child that you can't fix, you feel very small and very weak. I was hit by a drunk driver. I don't remember any of the specifics of my injuries or the accident. I just know stuff was taken care of and I was able to focus on getting healed. Our medical bills have been over a million dollars and the members at MediShare have faithfully paid our bills. I think the thing that appeals to me most about MediShare is I'm not just a number. We are part of a family. You're not only getting taken care of by a medical doctor, but you're also getting taken care of spiritually through the power of prayer. Learn how thousands of Christians can help you save on your health care. For your free information guide, call 844-74-BIBLE. MediShare, affordable biblical health care. Call 844-74-BIBLE. That's 844-74-BIBLE. Today on the Network Live, we'll be hearing a message from international evangelist Perry Stone. Perry is a fourth-generation minister and directs one of America's fastest-growing ministries, The Voice of Evangelism. Perry's global ministry includes a popular weekly telecast called Manifest, which is viewed by millions around the world, a bi-monthly magazine, and numerous prophetic resources. He is also a best-selling author. Stay tuned to the Network Live today and hear more from Perry Stone. Good morning and welcome to the Network Live. I'm your host, Debbie Rule. Today on the Network Live, we'll be hearing a teaching from Perry Stone. Here's Perry. present to you three weeks of special prophetic updates. My first update deals with the coronavirus, which has affected the entire world and actually sent shockwaves into the travel industry and, of course, other industries as well. What I would like to propose to you today is to consider the coronavirus a pestilence that is maybe alluded to in Matthew chapter 24. The disciples came to Jesus and asked him, what will be the sign of your coming in the end of the age? Jesus then begins to tell them that there'll be wars and rumors of wars and famines and pestilences in diverse places. And then he says, all of these are the beginning of sorrows. Now, if we look at this, I want you, you to notice Matthew chapter 24 and verse 7, which is extremely interesting because here it says famines, pestilences, and earthquakes. Now, notice this, that the meaning of each of these is very interesting. A famine is actually due to a, a, a lack of rain, perhaps, and uh, creates a food shortage. 
The word earthquakes is the Greek word seismos, and they can happen on the land and the sea. On the land, we know what they are. We've seen them throughout history. When it happens under the water, it creates a tsunami. And so in Luke chapter 21, 25, it says that in the last days, the sea and the waves would be roaring. And those that have survived tsunamis will tell you that they hear an echo or a roaring that comes from the sea before the waves come crashing in. Now, the other word that I want to key up on is the word pestilences. And so this is a plague of some sort, but in Greek it can mean a plague that ends in death. Now, notice the following. This, these are three points I want to make, actually four. Number one, each word or sign is in the plural. It has an S at the end, meaning multiples, earthquakes, pestilences, and that type of thing, famines with an S, meaning many. Number two, all of these are said to be, according to Jesus, in diverse places, or we would say in modern English, in different places. So you have times when these three things impact one particular area of the world or another particular area of the world. Point three, all three of these seem to follow in an order. First, there's a famine. Then there's a pestilence, and then you will see an earthquake. In, in Greek, a lot of times, my Greek scholars tell me that some things are listed in an actual order of either the significant part first, or at uh, other times, uh, the, when you say, if you look at Matthew chapter 24, for example, that is like an order of what would, what would happen, the actual order of the event. Number four, point four, all three of these are not the end but the beginning of sorrows. In Matthew 24, verse 8, Jesus said, all of these are the beginning of sorrows. Now, earthquakes will accompany this pestilence that we now see called coronavirus. And I can go ahead and predict that based on Matthew chapter 24. So in the midst of all of this activity that's happening globally, you're going to start seeing earthquakes in just different places. And I feel like in my spirit, you're going to see them come in places that normally do not experience them. Now, I want you to look at the word pestilence in Scripture and uh, very carefully. In Leviticus chapter 26 and verse 25, it says there will be pestilences in the cities. And in, in the Hebrew, it means a destroying pestilence. In Leviticus 26 and 33, it says that cities would be laid to waste. In other words, it, it, the implication there is cities are going to be empty. We would say laid to waste or empty. Leviticus chapter 26 and verse 22, and this is very interesting, it says this, Watch this verse. Your highways will be desolate. Now, outside of the United States, you have seen where they have shut down, for example, in Italy and parts of South Korea, entire towns and cities. And you look at the pictures, no one's on the highway. You look at the pictures and no one is on the streets. Now, it's important to understand that in the Levitical law of God, and remember this, the laws of God never change. There's the moral law, the social law, the judicial law. Even though Jesus came to fulfill the law, he came to fulfill the symbolism and the feast and the Sabbaths and the new moons and all those things that are found in the Old Testament. But when he came, he fulfilled it. Now, many people in the Western world believe that Jesus did away with the Old Testament. Absolutely not true. Now, I can't get onto that because I'd be sidetracked. But what I want to share with you is simply this, that in those Leviticus and Deuteronomy scriptures, God says this, you will not hearken to my word. You will not obey my commandments you will not do what I've told you to do. Therefore, I'm going to lift your hedge of protection and allow these things to come upon you. And it really looks like that we're seeing part of that. Now, I'm not going to get into this in detail on this particular program, but the United States of America, including our Supreme Court, has made decisions where they've legalized biblical abominations and they made them legal.
Also, when millions and millions, literally tens of millions of infants have been aborted in the womb, it's called the shedding of innocent blood. And Matthew 23 says the cities will become cursed. You know, this is the point I want to make as it relates to the Torah or the five books of Moses and the warnings. Those warnings are still in existence today. In other words, if we don't obey the judicial, social, moral law of God, there will be consequences. And you can read about that in the apocalypse and also in Romans chapter one. Now let's talk about this virus for a moment because it's very, very intriguing of where it began. There's still questions about this. We do know according to researchers that it began in China, but how did it begin? There's two theories. One is that an animal was infected with it and was sold at a market and someone ate it, and that was ground zero for this particular virus called the coronavirus. Now, it's interesting that in those markets, they sell rats or monkeys and sometimes snakes. And uh, some of these animals are what's called non-kosher. In other words, God forbid you to eat them, but he did that for a particular reason. Now, the reason I'm bringing this out, and we're not going to spend all the time on trying to figure out where it or how it started, but we do know it started in China. And the suggestion is an animal, uh, they call it exotic animal, rat and a bat's not exotic to me, but some people make bat soup, I guess, with it. The point I want to make is this. In Genesis chapter 3 and verse 1, the serpent is called a beast of the field. Now, we would never call a serpent a beast. We'd call it a reptile. But it has reference to a living thing that creeps upon the earth. Now, I want to read from the Apocalypse a very strange verse of Scripture. When the Lamb of God breaks the seals in heaven, and it says this, I looked and behold a pale horse. And that, that word there, pale in Greek is chloros, which means a pale green. And his name that sat upon him was death. And hell followed him. And power or authority was given unto him over the fourth part of the earth to kill with the sword. That's war, hunger, that's famine. And remember, that's in Matthew 24, wars and rumors of wars and then famines. And watch this, and with death and with the beast of the field. Now, I want to key up on the phrase, the beast of the field. Death occurs in this instance over one part of the earth with either war or famine or with the beast of the earth. Now, the beast in Greek here is a Greek word that means a dangerous animal. Now, here's what's happening. If you will begin to pay attention to this, many of the viruses that have emerged the past 15 to 20 years are coming from what we call the beast or the animals of the earth. I call them animal flus or animal viruses. For example, the Black Death, which was, which was known as the bubonic plague, hit from 1337 to 1351, and it originated, of all places, in China. Asia was very greatly affected, and they believe it came from rodents or specifically rats. And the fleas would get on the rats and then carry it to the other people. Now, the West Nile virus was spread by mosquitoes by a bite on the skin. Now, think about the animals. The swine flu came from pigs, from a pig Ebola. Millions of pigs were wiped out and killed as a result of it. The bird flu came from a waterfowl. They killed millions of chickens, especially in China. And uh, the coronavirus is believed to have come from a wild animal, such as a rat or a bat. And again, I'm not the person to say that. I'll let the specialists deal with that. But it's real interesting that God in the Old Testament says don't eat certain types of foods, and he knew what he was saying. He knew that they had viruses. He knew that they could carry uh, toxins that would be dangerous to the human body. Even when Israel ate quail in the wilderness in the book of Numbers, the Bible said that while it was in their teeth, they began to die. Three uh, thousands of Israelites died because quail fell in the camp and they were eating it. And the problem is if you don't, uh, you know, freeze meat or know how to deal with meat or eat it immediately, 
immediately when you uh, have an animal that, like, you know, let's say deer hunters or whatever, and they know what to do with animals like that when they, when they eat deer uh, or they eat uh, venison, whatever the case is, is a better way of saying it. Uh, if you don't do it right, you will get sick and you could actually die. Even shellfish was the same way. Israel did not let, uh, um, God did not let Israel in the Torah eat shellfish because if, if, you don't, if you don't refrigerate it properly, you can get bacteria, for example, in oysters, and people have died from that. Now, stop for a moment as we talk about the virus coming from the beast of the field because it says in Revelation, a verse I've never understood before, the beast of the field will cause death on the earth over a fourth of the landmass. And uh, that means actual number of people dying. Now, I'm not telling you, and I want to make this clear because I'll deal with this on another program, that we're in the tribulation because we're not. We're in the birth pains, and I'll deal with that on another program. But here's something else that's interesting. In the Middle East recently, there was a, uh, a cycle of very severe locusts, and this cycle was so bad that in parts of Africa, it was the worst locust invasion in 70 years. It was even called by secular news media people apocalyptic in nature. In Somalia and Ethiopia and Kenya and even Uganda and all those parts of area areas of uh, Africa, uh, in 30 seconds these locusts would swarm as big as uh, as big as New York City. I mean, they would come into an area and in 30 seconds eat literally tens of thousands of acres of crops, and it created a famine in certain areas. In Ethiopia, they ate the tea leaves, and of course, this is part of where their money comes from, is from tea. It also ate many of the coffee uh, leaves and things connected to coffee, and it destroyed 30% of the exports just in Ethiopia alone. In Africa, in minutes, they ate enough, these locusts ate enough uh, food to feed 35,000 people just in one particular area. Now, locusts in the Bible, and we can go to Psalms 103, 34 through 35, can be considered a selective judgment that comes to a particular nation. This is what the Bible says. He spoke and the locusts came and caterpillars without number and did eat up all the herbs in the land and devoured the fruit of the ground. Now, this is interesting because it's talking about the land of Egypt and the locust invasion that came, which was part of one of the 10 plagues there in Egypt. Now, I want you to notice something that's very interesting, and we're going to focus on the one nation, which is China. You've seen numerous earthquakes in China. We now know that the coronavirus and the other viruses in the past, with the exception of Ebola and a few others, SARS, etc., originated in China. We also know that the locusts that left Africa went to the border of China. They were more prepared because they would take uh, geese and other animals that would eat locusts and they start turning them loose. So they had an ability to help prevent perhaps a great um, famine in parts of the border of China. Now, I'm going to make a statement here and I want everyone to follow me very, very carefully. Because if you know anything about the nation of China, they have persecuted not only poor people, but they have literally a persecuted arrested, tortured, and martyred so many Christians that only God in heaven knows how many Christians in China have been arrested, tortured, and martyred. This is a very, very strong, dominant communist country where dictators for many, many years have ruled. In fact, in China, they have indoctrination camps that Christians are sent to and try to actually cause them to change their way of thinking. I know stories from people that have come out of that area 
where you would not believe the starvation to Christians in prisons and jails and camps, the torture, tortures that this, this nation has done to tens and thousands and actually millions of its people over, over many, many years. Now, here's what's interesting, and I want to say this to you, and I want to be careful in saying it, but I want to say this to you. Some of the nations that are being heavily affected by this are nations where Christianity is the predominant religion. Like Italy, the majority of people, of course, are Roman Catholic in Italy. There are other groups of Christians. There are Baptists and Pentecostals and Charismatic, but the predominant group would be uh, Roman Catholic uh, background. In South Korea, in some of the areas of South Korea, South Korea has been known, especially in the area of Seoul, South Korea, as a very strong Christian area with churches with, with 50, 100, and uh, 1,000 more members. And Dr. Uh, Cho had a church that was just enormous and exploding with growth and so many people being saved. On the other hand, there have been nations like China and even Iran that is suffering greatly because of what is happening. Now, the point I want to make about all of this is this. This is where the scripture comes in where Jesus says, it rains on the just and the unjust. In other words, if a tornado comes through a town, it's amazing how the meanest guy in town's house is still standing, but the pastor's house got the roof tore off. Same thing with floods. It's amazing how the beer joint survived in Mississippi, but the church was flooded. Now, the point is simply this. When we come into these seasons of birth pains that we are now in, we have to understand that in birth pains, everybody who's living on the earth will be impacted one way or another by the birth pain. Now, what do we mean by birth pains? In the Old Testament, it deals with the appearing of the Messiah. In other words, there is a birth pain and a birthing pain that occurs, and then the person or the man-child is born. Now, I want to go back for just a moment to talk about uh, the area of China. China has probably somewhere, and this is an estimate, in the neighborhood of 100 million persecuted Christians. Some have been slain, some have jailed, some tortured, and absolutely they have been abused. Now, it's real interesting in these communist governments in the past that if, the, if you will go with the state church and they recognize you where they control everything you do, they control your message, they control what you do, you have a little bit of freedom. But if you're not willing to do that and you're willing to do like the early church saints and you're saying, we're going to follow Jesus and him alone, great persecution comes. Now, I'm going to ask you a question based on a couple of scriptures. Revelation chapter 6 and verse 10, there are martyrs under the throne of God in heaven. And these martyrs ask this question to the Lord. Revelation 6, 10, how long do you not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? Remember Exodus chapter 20 and verse 5, I will visit the iniquity of the fathers upon the third and the fourth generation of those who hate me those who do not believe in God who are atheists, those who do not believe in the inspired Word of God. And this is a word that the judgment will come later on. Now, there are times that God wants to allow a judgment to come on evil, wicked leaders. Hezekiah in 2 Kings chapter 19 and Isaiah were told that the Assyrians were coming and the king of the Assyrians was going to absolutely take over and annihilate the city of Jerusalem. The king dug a tunnel of water to bring the water inside the city called Hezekiah's Tunnel, which exists to this day in Israel. Hezekiah had already paid tribute from the temple treasures of gold from the temple, even peeling the gold off the doors 
to try to pacify the king that was coming called Sennacherib and 185,000 men. Sennacherib mocked God and said, no God from any nation has saved them from me. There's no God of anybody that exists that can stop my invasions. And who is your God? Well, the Bible says that they encamped that night before Jerusalem and in the morning, 185,000 Assyrian soldiers were dead. Now, it's real interesting that when you look at this, we find in 1 Chronicles 21, 15, that David disobeyed God and a plague came to Israel and 70,000 men in Israel died, 1 Chronicles 21, 15. This is called the destroying angel or the angel of destruction, the same one that impacted Egypt in Exodus chapter 12 and verse 23. Now, Herodotus, who was an historian, said this, that the, Assyri the Syrian army, when they were in Egypt, was overrun by mice. So in other words, it appears that when the Syrians got to Jerusalem, that they had been infected, the whole army, by a plague that had been caused by rats. This would be similar to the bubonic plague that spread through the entire uh, world, uh, most of the world, I should say. And so it's interesting that in this example, here is an example of what we call beast of the field, bringing a virus that literally wiped out an entire army. Now, it's important to understand that when God allows what we call a selective judgment to come, he always judges the gods of the nation. I quote, and they built a high place, the high places of Baal, which are in the valley of the sons of Hinnom, to cause their sons and their daughters to pass through the fires of Moloch, which I commanded them not. Neither came it into my mind that they should do this abomination to cause Judah to sin. And now therefore thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel concerning this city, whereof you say it shall be delivered into the hands of the king of Babylon by the sword, by the famine, and watch this, by pestilence. Now it's interesting to note that when you look at what caused the judgment on Jerusalem. It was the shedding of innocent blood and the worshiping of Moloch of offering the children into the fire. In Matthew 23, the judgment came to Jerusalem because of shedding innocent blood. Joel 3:19 predicted that the city would be left desolate. Egypt had 10 idols, and this is what God says. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and I will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment, for I am the Lord. Here's my point that I want to make. Some of these nations that are atheistic and communistic have a God, not the true God, but their God is money and business. And when the Almighty allows a selective judgment to come, He attacks the God of that nation and allows that fake false God to suffer. That's only a thought that I want to kind of leave with you at this moment. Now, in a selective judgment, uh, whether it's a global judgment or a regional judgment, there's three things that can happen. Number one, you can escape it. Uh, in other words, God allows you to escape it by protection. Number two, you can endure it and you have to have patience. And this is where the American people are lacking. We have no patience. We've not had to have patience. Everything is do this, do that, get it done. Or number three, you will be preserved and protected in it while it's taking place. Years ago, John G. Lake was in South Africa and the bubonic plague was breaking out and there were bodies everywhere. And nobody wanted to touch the bodies and bury them. This true story, by the way, it's in his uh, biography. And so what happened was he and a member of his church decided to bury the bodies and, and they began to bury the people, but they were not catching the plague. And doctors and scientists were very amazed at this. So Lake said this, go get the saliva off of the person that just died, put it on a, on a glass slide, put it under your microscope and make sure the germs are alive. And they did. They put the glass plate on his hand. He rebuked it in the name of Jesus. They said, now look at it. And all of the viruses and the germs and that were affecting the individual died on that slide. They did this several, several times because nobody could believe it. And John G. Lake made this statement. 
And it's a statement that we need to know during the coronavirus. The law of the spirit of life in Jesus Christ has made me free from the law of sin and death. For you saints who are totally fearful, you've got to get in the Word. Psalms 91 is a good example. You've got to believe the Word. You've got to stand on the Word. You've got to speak the Word. And most of all, don't let fear get into your heart. Because the Bible said, perfect love casteth out fear. When you become fearful, you're showing God, I don't know that you love me and I don't know you care about me. But when your love is perfected with God, you say to yourself, you know what? God knows everything that's happening. He knows I'm his child. He knows my name is in the Lamb's book of life. Therefore, I will not fear what man, plagues, or anything else can do unto me. And I hope this has helped give you some understanding on this particular subject. Now, for the next two weeks, I'm going to be going back with some other prophecies, but listen to me very carefully. One of the most significant offers that I've ever offered on Manifest is coming your way. Please order this immediately. It will bless you and encourage you and teach you things you did not know before. I'll be back in just a moment, so stay tuned. Do you know the many secrets of paradise, the temporary home of the spirits and souls that have died in Christ, which is located in the third heaven? Harry Stone in his latest book, Secrets of the Third Heaven, delves into some of the most interesting, in-depth and mysterious questions ever asked about the third heaven. As a believer, can you answer these questions? At death, do all children go to heaven? Can God show you the actual day and hour when you will die? What is the difference between the human soul and spirit? Do departed saints now in heaven pray for those living on earth? In heaven, how will we communicate with people from different nations? What happens if your name is not written in the book of life? When your spirit leaves your body at death, are you naked or clothed? How is time counted in paradise and are they aware of earthly events? Will a person's body be raised from dust at the resurrection? Will we remember family members in hell once we die and enter paradise? Do infant spirits age in heaven? Do they go to the same paradise as adults? Can a person repent of sins once their spirit is out of their body? These questions along with more unusual and difficult questions concerning death, angels, heaven, and paradise are answered in Perry's latest 220-page book, Secrets of the Third Heaven. This book is filled with stunning true stories and amazing biblical word studies. This offer also includes the two audio CD teaching, Standing at the Bema. You will one day stand face to face with Christ at a judgment called the Bema. What will you be judged for and how will you answer Christ when He exposes the idle words you spoke and your actions on earth? This two-hour teaching will explain from beginning to end what to expect and how you will be rewarded or stand ashamed. Perry's revelatory book and this informative audio teaching are available for your gift of just $35 or more. Call toll-free 1-888-21-BREAD. That's 1-888-212-7323 or order online at perrystone.org. You may also write Perry Stone, P.O. Box 3595, Cleveland, Tennessee 37320. When ordering, ask for offer TH135 and enclose your gift of $35 or more. If you have questions, this book and audio teaching has the answers. Order your set today. There are times that you receive something from the Lord in the form of writing that makes an impact on your own life. And there are times that I study for you. I study on behalf of teaching you something, helping you to understand the Word, 
answering questions that you've sent me over the years. And then there are times that when I write something or research something, it ministers to me. Of all the books I've ever written, Secrets of the Third Heaven ministered to me. I lost my father through death several years ago, my grandfather who was like my father to me. And I had a lot of questions. I wanted to know, could they see things? Could they hear uh, things that were going on on earth from time to time? Were they the same age as when they died or were they younger? And, and then mama, my mother miscarried uh, a child and my wife, Pam, miscarried a child. In fact, I think mom had two miscarriages. And I, be I began to realize that the miscarried children have a spirit that's eternal. But the question there again was, when a child goes to heaven, does it remain the age of five, six, or eight, or does it become, does it appear like adult? Does the spirit instantly mature into a, or an adult? And then, I, then I got to thinking about crazy stuff like when somebody passes away and the spirit comes out of the body, they're, they're lying there with their body with their clothes on. And when Jesus got out of the tomb, he was given a special garment and he left the grave clothes in the tomb. So when we pass away and we're there and our body is there and our clothes are there, what kind of clothes do we have? What kind of languages do we speak? Do we all speak one language or do we supernaturally understand everybody's language? I decided to just write a book that would teach me something. And you're going to get this book with this offer. So thank you. Thank you so much for being with us today. If you would like to hear a rebroadcast of the network live, visit knelradio.com or find our podcast on iTunes and podbean.com. To follow more news, insights, and stories, follow the network live on Facebook. If you would like more information about being a guest on the network live, contact us at thenetworklive.org. The network live will be back next week at 10 a.m. right here on KNEO Radio 95.3 FM and KNEO Radio.com. I'm Debbie Rule. Thank you for listening today.